0: Hello and welcome to episode 61 of the Talking Talkie podcast. I'm Ben Curry, and tonight I am joined by Matthew Roberts. Hello. And by Chris Ballard. Hello. We are speaking on a Sunday evening and yesterday Matthew and I were at Playing Water to watch Talkie beat Wrexham 1-0 and I just wonder what he thought, his thoughts on the game.
1: I had a really nice afternoon in the end. Um, didn't think we'd get too much out of the game beforehand but um, given the cockiness and arrogance of some Wrexham fans beforehand. I was very much hoping that we would. And um, I thought before, even before we scored, that it had the feeling of that sort of game where things are going our way already. Um, Wrexham players were getting riled up at decisions by the referee. They weren't really doing very much with the ball. And then we scored from some pretty criminal defending, when Wrexham decided to, well, not defend a free kick. And they didn't really pose as much threat. Um, it wasn't an amazing game or an amazing spectacle, but it was a good amount of fun. And it was worth it for the bitterness of the Wrexham fans afterwards, I thought.
0: Absolutely. Um, in the lead up to the game, um, Wrexham spent a lot, a lot of money on, on um, a few high profile League One players. Uh, who dropped uh, several divisions and uh, obviously gave uh, Bank Banter a, a massive uh, uh, shot in the arm uh, to come down. Um, and you know, everyone was well. You look at certain people on the internet, and they, they were fearing an absolute shellacking, but it never really came about. I thought Wrexham were just ordinary, just
1: pedestrian. Yeah. yeah, they were. Uh, they they had very little um, to shout about um, from pretty early on. It seemed like we had their number. All they had was a long ball up front and it was always recycled by Lewis, Moxie, or in some cases, it just went out for a goal kick. That's all they had. They they tried to get out a bit from the wings or from their fullbacks, but our we were pressing so hard that they, they couldn't get out. And so they had to resort to just pumping it long, which never worked. It always came back at them. Um and Johnson spoke about this in his post-match interview he said you know we've been we've been studying them all week we've been we know what we had to do and and you could tell one team was prepared for how the other was going to play and the other team was not really um I I thought we we made them look pretty bad Uh, um not saying sort of Weymouth bad or Dover bad but at least Weymouth and Dover did manage to score against us um and Wrexham didn't so it yeah, it's uh, work to do for them, I think.
0: Yeah, you, you mentioned that Johnson set the team up in a certain way. And uh, Chris, I was just wondering what you thought when you saw the uh, the team sheet with um, slightly change of personnel and starting without a recognised striker.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, I, I remember thinking it's usually easier to score when you have people who will score goals for you. Um, but I think it became pretty apparent, and I only listened on the radio, I wasn't actually there, obviously, but it became apparent that we were witnessing another Gary Johnson coaching management masterclass. Um, I've mentioned before that he's the best manager in this division by some way. And I think we we've seen it again yesterday with the personnel that he's got um, to grind out a result and keep a clean sheet, by the way, which is not something we've been any good at all season. Um, I think you knew that Johnson felt pretty comfortable when he brought Ali Omar on as a central midfielder with 10 minutes to go. Um, And I hope we get onto Ali Omar later on because I have some thoughts. Um, But initially when I saw the the team sheet, I was concerned. Although, you know, I thought we'd start with Holman or possibly Lolosh, um, but it does sound from the commentary and some of the comments I've seen since that Wrexham just didn't have a clue how to handle us. Uh, And that's when they revert to type um, and, and go long. I do think it's hilarious that the Wrexham manager's nickname is now Jurassic Parkinson. Um, because of how old-fashioned he likes to play. I don't see him being there for much longer if they don't pick up results and not just pick up results, but start smashing teams. They spent a lot of money for this division. Um, they spent a lot of money for the division above. You know, They would be the big spenders in League 2 and possibly even League 1, so if I was one of their fans, one, I'd be very depressed, but also I'd be upset at the team. Um, I'm glad that we got the result. Um, I didn't expect anything, even before I saw the time sheet, team sheet, I thought they have been playing well. We've been conceding goals from every angle. Um, I did not see us keeping a clean sheet at all. And we haven't been scoring that many either. So, you know, if you need to score two to win the, you know, each game, you don't expect great things to happen, but I'm glad to be proved wrong, which happens a lot apparently.
0: Yeah, so we, we started off with a back three. Um, Asa Hall dropping into the uh, back three alongside Moxie and Lewis, and that really uh, gave the the team a really solid base to build from. I thought I thought Asa just looks well, we've seen him do it before, of course, but he just looked completely at home there, and uh, really strong performance from the skipper after a few more nagging cricket critics again in, in previous weeks about his legs are going or, or whatever else. But um, I thought he was superb on a, uh, yesterday. I thought the was it the 10-day break or
1: however long it's been since uh, the Solihull game, I thought that probably did him a world of good. Um, he, you wouldn't think from his performance yesterday that he was any older than some of the other players on the pitch. Um, he he lasted and didn't look any worse for wear, I didn't think, really, um, throughout the entire game. And his, I, his influence is there to be seen uh, in every aspect.
2: Yeah, I've been one of the people, I think, who has been less than impressed with Asa Acer Hall of Points this season. A couple of games that I've been listening to, and one game I watched, he was very leggy towards the end of the game. And I felt that whether it was the after effects of long COVID or age or whatever catching up with him, um, I didn't think he was given any favours in the Solihull game. I thought he should have come off a lot sooner than he did. And that's on the manager. But yesterday, by all accounts, he was excellent and imperious. And I think going to a back a large back three when you know you're gonna be subject to the aerial assault that Wrexham will throw at you, mostly from the throw-ins, um, I think it shows a, a coaching awareness that, like I say, no one else in this division really has.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, it, it shows we, we, we're actually quite flexible because you've got Winter, who's been playing centre-half last couple of games, back in his natural position on the right-hand side. Martin can play uh, in a couple of positions and I thought they offered a really good width in the first half, especially. Um, and then we were able to welcome back Tom Lapsley, who's missed a couple. And I thought he was outstanding yesterday. And I think we just generally end up playing a lot better when he's in there because he just seems to be in the right place at the right time. And he just gets the crowd going. He's 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 become a cult hero in, in no 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 time at all just by a how he looks and b how he plays the game. And I thought he was tremendous yesterday. He was everywhere on the pitch throughout the entire game.
1: Like um, there, there was there was one point where. He made, and Johnson referenced this as well, he made uh, like three tackles in almost as many seconds. Um, and he won the ball. <laughs> and the crowd was absolutely loving it. Um, every team should want him or, or someone like him because um, he never stops running. And he's the model professional. And as you say, the way he looks, he's, he's the only, he was the only player yesterday who wore plain black boots and he was the only player that. Who, he was the only player who kept his shirt tucked in the entire time. I don't know quite know I don't quite know how he does it. Double sided sticky tape everywhere. I'm assuming, but um, he he looks like a proper footballer. How a footballer should look. Um, like, unlike the uh, there there's a bloke who came on for Wrexham in the second half. Who um, like none of their substitutions made any any sort of impact. Um, and they uh, whereas ours seemed to shore up. Our, um, our, our sort, sort of play, but like Holman and Omar made real impacts. I thought, um, they, like Holman especially. I thought um, he did exactly what was needed from him. Didn't pull any trees up, but he he played well for ten minutes and gave the Rex and defense something to think about.
2: Yeah, I think when um, we signed those some players in preseason, Lapsley was the one who had the pedigree. You know, the other people, you know, the other guys were young or relatively inexperienced and hadn't really done anything. But having come from Colchester, and by all accounts, the Colchester fans were not happy to see him leave. Um I thought it was a really good move. His career with us started slowly because of various injuries. And of course we weren't playing well, which doesn't help. But in the times I've seen him, he's been very good. Um and I think he's a classic water carrier type player, which it doesn't sound very sexy. And we have some very good ball players, but we have to give them the ball. Um, And at times, without him, we've been very pedestrian in midfield. We've been very passive and people can just pass or run straight through us. Having someone with a bit of bite in there is to be admired. And also, to your point, Matt, I love that he wears black boots like a proper footballer and has like a side parting like he's in the Stanley Matthews side from the 50s. Yeah.
0: He's an outstanding time waster as well. I mean, I, I love him the amount of times he just tries to steal a few yards, at a throw in, knowing full well he'll get penalised for it, has to go back to regional place, drops the ball, throws it around. Uh, he's absolutely brilliant. And as a club, we've been a lot, lot better with that this season. And um, I know a lot of people get wound up by it, but I think, I think it's absolutely brilliant when you can see that, 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 that players know how to just make that clock run down just by wasting just enough time that the, um, that the referee can't really do anything about it. But also, you know, enough time that the Wrexham fans are getting wound up, which they did.
1: They were furious, weren't they, um, with some of the uh, some, sometimes when McDonald's um, would take the ball and put it across the other side of the six yard box for a, for a goal kick. And it got actually fairly early on. Uh, the Wrexham players, they were they were picking the ball up immediately when the ball went out and pouring it straight on the other side of the um, six yard box so that he, he couldn't move it. They um, they got so annoyed so quickly. Uh, and the fans, they uh, McDonald must have been loving
2: every second of that. You do love to see it. It's the kind of stuff that you hate when it's happening against you. And we we saw it a lot, particularly last year. Um, I remember the first game of the season, the Ultracom goalkeeper was doing it from minute three. It felt mm-hmm. like, yeah, irate, but when it's your team, you don't care. And Lapsley is a good example of that kind of dark arts in the game. But
1: Wrexham, though, they, they didn't help themselves, I didn't think, in that regard, because whenever... Whenever we did take just a little bit of time for, for anything, really. Phil Parkinson was up out of his technical area and, and screaming at the referee. Like I was I was on the bench and sort of quite fairly close to the front. And for every little thing, he was just up and shouting at the, the fourth official and the referee. And he's just been told to, you know, sit down, shut up. And I thought that, that's not gonna that's not gonna win you any favors later on in the game when you're expecting a 50-50 decision and you've been screaming at the referee the entire game. So just have a bit of intelligence about it. Like, you've been in the game long enough.
0: I thought the referee um, was absolutely brilliant, actually. And I was surprised to read uh, yesterday that it was only his second appearance uh, at our level, um, which you wouldn't have known by how he dealt with everything. I thought he was absolutely superb. And in an atmosphere like that, you know, a referee can get overawed, but I thought he just held uh, uh, play together really well. And, um, yeah, I, I thought he was brilliant. We've seen referees completely lose the plot in situations like that, but he was calm and he did a good job. He was completely
1: impartial as well, I thought. Um, he, he wasn't favouring either side. Um, he gave the same decision for the same fouls. Um, you know, like the, the stupid little niggly things where you you put an, you put your hands on an opponent's back and they, they fall forward. Um, the same happened to both teams and he gave the same decision. Um, and nobody, something I noticed, Nobody dared to give him any stick either. Uh, mm. Nobody squared up to him. And he, uh, you noticed him, but for all the right reasons, which is rare, I think, for a referee, especially at our level. More of that, please.
2: I think, as fans and un- presumably players, all they ask for is that sort of consistency. Mm. So when you see it, I think it's good that we actually say, well done, ref, because so often we complain about the referees and you know, we've probably had more reason than most clubs in the past 12 months to complain about that sort of thing, so well done to that ref, and you know, presumably if he keeps performing like that, he won't be with in the National League for too much longer, he'll be promoted further up.
1: Well, He'll be, he'll end up in the same position as Simon Mather, won't he? And the, uh, I, I,
2: when I left that hanging, I thought someone's going to mention that
0: guy, and I'm going to get mad all over again. <laughs> I've forgotten who he is, I just don't, I, you know, not interested. Yeah. So, with, so with Lapsley back in, in midfield, we were able to play um, Little, uh, Conor Evans, uh, Duke McKenna and Wynn, who were sort of um, rotating around the field, uh, you know, taking up different positions. And uh, one, one would press and one would stand back and then um, they'd change it around. And I, I thought that, in the first half especially, I thought that really worked quite well. And we had the win to our advantage and I thought we were playing some really nice stuff without really creating anything clear-cut other than the goal. But I thought the four of them worked really well together. Um, I think Jim McKenna is, is, um, was wasn't quite sure what to think, make of them against Solihull. But I, I thought he was superb yesterday for, for, for such a small guy. It was all very fluid. I thought um, it felt
1: like Wrexham couldn't quite pin down where each player was or was going to be. Um, they just appeared in pockets of space, and I, it, again, it's it's just it. As you mentioned, Chris, just about Gary Johnson's coaching and tactical acumen. Um, we appeared a lot more drilled and technically astute than the opposition. And it really worked in the first half. They didn't really know how to deal with us. Didn't know, like you say, didn't have a huge amount of chances, but um, we took the one that we did have um after some pretty horrendous defending. So then that's that's all we needed in the end. They didn't really threaten our goal. Um, I, I, the, the two new signings Werner and McKenna I thought yeah, they were they were pretty decent um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing more of them um, and our substitutes as well it, everybody played a part yesterday there were some standout performances but everybody played well yesterday to a man
2: yeah I mean I, I, I think that I don't know if we're looking to bring in another goal scorer because Wright's injured again um, we don't know how long for. Um, Loloch and Holman haven't been scoring as much as we well, certainly with Holman, we has not been scoring as much as we hoped based on his pre season exploits. So, I don't know if we're looking to bring somebody else in, but aside from that, I think the squad that we have right now is close to the squad that Johnson would have envisaged at the beginning of the season, and it didn't work for various reasons. Martin was terrible, Omar looked like a guy who'd won a competition, um, but. Both of those players in particular have really impressed me of late. Martin's been consistently great since he got sent off at, I think it was maybe Solihull? Uh Haven't and Waterloo. Habit, that's right, Haven't and Waterloo. No, I thought his career with us was done. I thought we'd never see him again. He's reckless. You know, Johnson will get him out. But he's been, by all accounts, very good on the left ever since, both defensively and going forward. Omar was a subject of ridicule for a while. Uh, Because he didn't look like he knew how to play the game. Um, But I would imagine Johnson and in particular Aaron Downs has done a lot of coaching with him um, during the week and he's been good. I wouldn't say he's tearing up any trees but he's been serviceable. He's been a decent NL defender which is what we would have brought him in for because he's still young and I still think that he could be a pretty big part of our plans for next season and purely from a personality point of view, it's really great to see a player who wants to play for a club as much as he does and he wants to be part of a squad and wants to be part of what we're trying to build. Um, and that will go a long way to hit, to endearing him to the fans. Um, there have been better players, many better players that will never be as remembered as fondly as Ali Omar will be, even if he never plays another game for us.
0: No, I agree with that. Um I thought when he came on yesterday, I thought he did a really good job. Um, as as Matt said just um, showing things up Um, and I think as a fourth choice centre back I think he's absolutely ideal for us Um, I think start of the season was just being thrown into the uh, the firing line Um, we think we expected a bit too much too soon with a goalkeeper behind him who was also erratic uh, between the two of them it, it was just kamikaze sort of stuff whereas now, with McDonald's behind him, a safer pair of hands and a, a bit more assurance there, you can see that there is a good defender there waiting to break out. It's just whether he can get those mistakes out of his game. Um, right. And if he does that, then he'll be absolutely fine at this level. But the performances he's putting in now, from compared to the start of the season, are, are chalk and cheese. And I've got absolutely no qualms when I see his, his name in the starting line. Now, I'm not I'm not particularly worried or anything like that. You know, so... Well done to him, um, because I I had written him off um, early part of the season. I I didn't think there was much to come back from, but he's turning it around, and yeah, absolutely delighted to have him in the squad. It Reminds me of the situation in the 2018-19 season where Johnson
1: came in, and we had players like like Winter and Hall and Cameron, all of whom weren't weren't that good at the beginning. Um, Winter, I remember, especially people thinking that he was going to be the next one out, out after the likes of Bobson Balling and Jason Banton and and Naby and all that complete dross. Um, and you thought, yeah, he, he's the one next to go. But then something something clicked and he turned into the player who he is now, uh, who's one of the first names on the team sheet. If, if he can... Do that, then there's no reason why others can't. Like Martin, especially as you say, I thought his he was he was gone. He would be the next Gabby Rogers and get loaned out to Plymouth Parkway. Um, but if if he if those two Omar and Martin can turn this around, then there's no reason why anybody else can't. And you know that that's part of the difference between us and Wrexham. I think yesterday they had undoubtedly talented players but they're there for the money and they are, you know, just mercenaries. They don't have, I think, what we have and what other clubs in this division have, which is a sense of togetherness and they're, they're not playing for huge amounts of cash. They're playing because they want careers in football. Um, and I think that, that difference in mentality showed massively yesterday.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I thought it was a real team performance. Um, and, you know, you can say that Vexem were a team of individuals and we were just a proper football team and you can see that and you can see that and how they, how the players react to each other and talk to each other and, um, you know, push each other on during the match. Um, it just goes to show again what a brilliant man-manager Gary Johnson is. You know, it would have been very easy to to bomb out Martin or or, or take Ali Omar out of the fine line all, all together but he, he's been patient with them and it's starting to look like his recruitment in the summer which has been much divided but there's actually... A couple of diamonds in there. Um, uh, Dan Martin, especially, I think his his engine down the left hand side is unbelievable. He and was he did yesterday.
1: I thought um, that's only the second time I've, but I've seen I've I've seen him at you know, yesterday and at Weymouth back in December, and both times he was excellent, which is uh, a hell of a turnaround compared to where he was earlier in the season. I thought.
0: Yeah, it makes the back line more balanced that we can allow. Moxie to play at centre-half and not have to worry about him being a left-back. And then if, if you get Winter, Moxie, Lewis and Martin as your back line, with the possibility of Hall dropping in there as well, that's a very consistent, and very solid base to build on. And I've said to many people um, recently um, about our season, I said, if we can put our best eleven out, it'll give any other club in this division a game. It's, it's as good as any other team in, in the league. It's just we haven't been able to do that more than enough. Um, you know, Obviously, against Solihull, we had Lewis and Moxie um, both out with COVID. And that's two real you know, strong players who you're missing. And then you're you're taking Ben Winter out of right back in order to go to centre-back. Therefore, you need to bring a new right back in. If we can keep, keep playing our best eleven week in, week out, we'll win more than
2: we lose. Yeah, I, I think it's telling that when you look at our record against this, the four, quote-unquote, quote, big teams in this division, Wrexham, Chesterfield, Stockport and Notts County, the team who spent the money, we haven't lost yet. I mean, we played five games and we've beaten them twice and drawn the other three. That's kind of what did us last season as well, is losing against the teams that we should be beating. But I think it shows you that the team that we have and the squad that Johnson has been able to build later than he probably would have liked... Is a decent squad. Um, will we make the playoffs? Probably not. But going into next season, I think there's a very good starting point. Um, I did want to mention Wrexham because I know it's easy to dunk on them, so I'm gonna do some more. Um, I don't understand what they're spending the money on. Why would they not spend this kind of money on a manager like Gary Johnson, who has got teams out of this division on multiple occasions? rather than Phil Parkinson, who has not even, as i recall, not even been in this division prior to this season. Um, and why aren't they buying players like Michael Cheek or Joe Lewis, who they could got Joe Lewis pretty cheap. He's out of contract in the summer. If they came up with 100 grand, we would have sold him. I have no doubt about that. Why aren't they buying players who they know can do a job in this division and probably do a job in the division above? I don't understand why they're going to League One teams Maybe it's because it's better box office for the Netflix documentary. Um, I personally don't bear Wrexham any ill will as a club. I quite like what the owners are trying to do. I think they're interesting people. And I think most talkie fans are a little bit annoyed that they didn't buy us. I think it would have been quite entertaining. Um, But there's no plan. There's no identity. And I think if they want to be... The club that they seem to expect them to be then they need to figure that out pretty quickly because right now they're not even making the playoffs from what i heard yesterday they're not good they're not one of the best seven sides in this division
1: well, oh from, um, from yesterday i thought but um it reminds me Their whole transfer policy kind of reminds me of playing football manager you if you have loads of money you just look at players you, you search for players with particular kind of stats right he's got he's got really good finishing he's got really good tackling and, and you you sign them because you, you have the money to do so and right. there's no qualms about it that it feels like that, that that's just what they've done they and it doesn't matter that they've um, they've signed players who've never played in this league because know, on a video game that wouldn't matter but in real life they these players have no no idea of how to play in this league and no experience of coming up against teams like I don't know, like us um to some of these players they're probably, you know, we we to quote certain Wrexham fans after um, during and after the game yesterday. We're just these 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 minnows that uh, are in their way ahead of uh, their inevitable coronation at the end of the season, uh, and we're not to be taken seriously. Um, even their official Twitter was getting in on it before the game yesterday, which I thought was, it was just ridiculous. Um, you know, talking saying, "Oh my God, look at the state of this pitch that we're going to play on. Can you believe it?" I thought.
2: It was the pitch was fine. I saw that picture; it looked okay. And given it was cutting up, and we played in a in a gale four weeks ago. I think it is with absolutely pissed it down with rain. The ground staff have done well to get that pitch into such a playable state. Yeah, it's, We're not it, Wembley.
1: It's it's February. Yeah, it, it's it's winter. We've been playing on it since July, and it's the conference. You're not gonna be you're not going to be spending millions and millions of pounds on your pitch unless you're yeah. Chesterfield And then you have to beg the fans for it. So, you know, I think it's, it's, it's a bit much. Um, and Rexon
2: don't play the ball on the ground anyway.
1: No, no, they, <laughs> they didn't. They not care really. what the pitch looks like. <laughs> no, there's a few patches uh, right in front of the, um, of the dugout. But no, they never, they never had the ball down there. The, um, all, all they did was lump it forward, and uh, if it had been uh, kind of muddy around the goalkeeper's area, you would have thought, okay, fine, but uh, but it but it wasn't really. Um, I thought, uh, Wrexham, they're not doing much to endear me to them. I, I don't really I have anything against their club, but uh, I think I think it's a lot of I think it's all gone a bit to their heads uh, this season, and to their fans as
0: well. Yeah, I'd agree with that actually. Um... I think you look at Rex and they've been in in this league now for what 15 years. You know, they've done their penance. It's not about being Billy Big Bollocks because you know they've been down here for so long, they know what it's all about and they know how hard it is to get out of it. But the point still stands you know, if you give Gary Johnson one million pounds, he gets you out of the league straight away, no messing about. So, if you spend one million pounds in the fifth tier of English football, you have to get out. And at the moment, they look miles away from that. They were one of the poorer teams I've I've seen this season um, certainly second half you're expecting the bombardment um, bearing in mind we haven't got a lot on the bench to bring on really to to, to counter it and it just wasn't really they just couldn't get the ball forward with any sort of quality whatsoever and it was just meat and drink for like of and, and Moxie and, and Lewis and we dealt with it fine there's a couple of shots which Mac made decent saves but I wouldn't say he was, you know, tested tremendously.
1: There were, saves, there were saves that you would expect him or any other goalkeeper at this level to make. I think
2: almost um, any other goalkeeper at this level.
1: Or well, yes, any other <laughs> yeah, any any other any other first team regular <laughs> goalkeeper who uh, who does not have the initials M H. But um, yeah, so there's a go to that. But um, no, I, I I thought it was his goalkeeper performance was summed up by one Wrexham fan uh, who I saw on Twitter say that. Um, you know, 75 minutes have gone, and their keeper is uh, has just been playing Wordle for the past uh, entire
0: well, <laughs> <high> game. <laughs> uh, it's about right. He didn't. He didn't have much to do. Um, well, let some fans have such a great day out that they nicked Sean's um, towel out of his goal net, and we we're chucking it on the way end for about five minutes. That, that was the highlight of their day. That, oh, that was it was longer. Sure.
1: It was longer than five minutes. Yeah. <laughs>
2: very so, yeah. pitch again. They have thats so how much money they have they can afford to throw money away.
1: Yeah, the uh, the referee um, he stopped play and um, right in front of us, um, he came over and he said to um, the, the fourth official, um, you could hear him say you know take this coin and know, go go somewhere with it really. Um, but yeah, I thought that, uh, that, that happened um, later than I than I expected. I thought they would get around to that much sooner than they did. Because um, that's, I, I assume that's what they do when they're not playing very well. Um, but yeah, they uh, they they certainly headed for the exits quite early, which um, they couldn't get out fast enough in the end.
0: I went down to Torquay Town Centre after the game to uh, play a bit of snooker with my mates, and I was expecting there to be uh, loads and loads of Bexman fans down there. Um, they'd been out on Friday night as well. Didn't see a single one.
1: No, no. That night, I, I um, I'd left my car at uh, um, in the town centre. And went down and I thought, you know, like you, I thought if uh, you walked you walk past um, the Wetherspoons, I thought it'd be absolutely packed to the brim with Wrexham fans, because it was before the game. Um, and there was barely anybody in there.
2: They went home, didn't they? They went straight home.
1: Yeah, well, they went home earlier than we did. So, <laughs> yeah, I uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I drove home back to Bristol after the game and uh, there was nobody on the motorway going back up. So all the Wrexham fans, they must have uh, got up at light speed back to Wales. Couldn't wait to get out of Devon. It was I, have
0: of say, Devon. I have to say the uh, the scenes at the final whistle um, with the pop sides uh, looked absolutely amazing. Uh, that was one of the, the fullest pop sides I've seen all season, and it was loud all game. It was brilliant, and um, the, the fist pump at the final whistle was absolutely tremendous. And I, it, you know, really felt proud of the entire club uh, in that moment watching it. Um, I, I do all time obviously, but um, it was just fantastic and really. Uh, really was a, a, a performance to be proud of. I think um, yesterday really. That's why we go and support the ads like, like we do. With performances like that.
1: Yeah, the club did itself proud, um, on and off the pitch as well. Because uh, uh, I had an issue with my ticket uh, beforehand. I, I I left it stupidly late to buy it. Uh, I think it was about like eleven o'clock or so on on Friday night. Remembering that I couldn't buy it on Saturday, and. Um, uh talkie accepted my money um but got no ticket through via email so emailed dom me in the morning and he replied freakishly quickly um uh, oh. and just said yeah here you go and attached uh, attached my ticket thought, yeah, brilliant um god knows how many other people he also had to do that for um but yeah it, it's it was it was a really really enjoyable afternoon i thought um Everything went
0: our way. Uh, so that win moves us to 11th. Um, I haven't looked at the table. Someone will have to tell me how far we are for the playoffs. But um, having watched that, what do you foresee happening uh, from now to the end of the season?
2: Um, I think we'll win more than we lose. I think we'll put together <sighs> the, the kind of run that you would expect a playoff-bound team to put together without actually making the playoffs. I think we're too far behind. We're nine points behind seventh right now, which is Wrexham, coincidentally. Although if not to win a couple of games in hand, they'll be above. Um, I think we're just going to fall short. Um, I just think the early season ground that we lost is too much to make up at this point. I think coming into the season we will be one of the best four or five teams in the division, but it won't matter because we won't be in the playoffs. Um, I hope that we keep winning because I think it would be nice to see a continuation of positive thought into next season. I wouldn't want this season to kind of finish in a bit of a downward spiral because that makes it very hard to pick up the, the fans and the squad over the offseason. Um, if we get into the playoffs, great. I'll look forward to it. But part of me is... Not that I don't want us to get to the playoffs, but given what happened last year with the playoffs, you know, we started our close season way too late. We made it very difficult to bring people in. I would worry that we'd have the same issue next season if we made the playoffs once again. Um, but I will tell you, if we make it into the playoffs, no one's going to want to play us because they'll look at our squad, they'll look at our manager and they'll see the experience he has and things. yeah, let's avoid those if we can. Um, so, I, you know, I expect us to lose... Honestly, I expect us to lose Dover next weekend um, because it would be, be typical talk of United, and anyone who's followed the team will know that one good result against an unexpected, you know, team usually means that you're going to get a kick, you know, kicking the backside the week after. Um, but we'll lose probably two or three games at least in places where you wouldn't expect to. I don't see us getting beaten by four or five goals. Um, I think we'll lose goals by the odd one and when it comes to the playoff race our goal difference is so much worse than anybody else's and we're not scoring a lot of goals right now so I don't see us making up that goal difference anyway so we'll need to finish above teams on points rather than goal difference and that's another reason that I don't think we can do it.
1: Yeah I think um, next week against Dover um, I was speaking to a Stockport sporting mate of mine earlier on who They, of course, beat Dover 1-0 yesterday. Dover had a man sent off. um, And Stockport needed a a last-minute winner almost um, to get the victory. And by the sounds of it, Dover played how they did against us in the home fixture earlier this season. They defended and did nothing else because they they knew what would happen. Um, So I think we may, depending on our attacking choices and options next week, Maybe slightly difficult to break them down, so I, I wouldn't foresee any sort of big scoreline uh, against them. You know, one nil, two one. I yeah, don't want to concede against Dover, but you know, the odd goal, I'd, I'd take one nil now. Quite frankly, um, it's just the kind of team that we that we you know, you'd go there expecting a win, and you know, we draw nil nil or something like that.
0: Uh, do you foresee any incomings? Uh, we've got a free week. Um, obviously, we played over on Saturday. Um, we've got a free week. Any incomings? Do you think it's necessary to have any incomings? Um, saw Danny Wright at the ground yesterday and he was moving okay, but not in a way that would suggest that he's going to be available for selection at any point in the next month or so. So do we go with what we've got or do we have to try and bring someone in? Um I mean, I had a sneaking suspicion we'd, we'd be in for a nice surprise on the morning of the game, bearing in mind Sinclair Armstrong didn't get a move to Football League Club. I just hoped upon hope that we didn't announce him at half past 12 in the afternoon and give us all a shot in the arm, but maybe maybe we, we, we still will. But it, it does seem to me that if Johnson's going to prefer to go playing midfielders up front in false nines, then we'll have to bring someone in at some point because as you've both said, we're not scoring enough goals to, to win games comfortably.
2: Uh, Yeah. I think we need a striker. I don't see, I mean, I think we'd need a striker even if Danny Wright was fit. I mean, when he's been fit, we still haven't been scoring. He's not the most mobile guy. That's not his game. And I think our squad is moving towards a more fluid approach and I think we need the pace. Um, So if Sinclair Armstrong would come back, that would be great. I just don't see it, Um, but I would be pretty sure that Johnson spent last week trying to get people in on loan, presumably to the end of the season. I wouldn't be surprised if he's spoken to the people in charge of the Academy at Sunderland saying, you're not going to call back Wern, are you now that Johnson's been sacked? Uh, He did mention the 28 day recall period in his um, Friday press call as well, which caused some alarm in the Ballard household um so yeah striker we need to score more goals uh conor evans isn't scoring the goals he did i didn't think he was very good yesterday from what i you know it sounded like he was pretty anonymous yesterday he won't be that bad in every game but also he's not the guy who's going to score 20 goals we need to bring somebody in who's going to get well before end the season eight or nine goals i think we need um with the rest of the squad chipping in is appropriate but, yeah. so um
1: from what you just said do you not think then that we need a midfielder maybe because uh you know i don't think we have enough of we don't think i don't think we have enough of those at present um you can always do with uh with a couple, a couple more wingers perhaps or another another central midfielder um maybe this is johnson's ploy all along actually just to play no strikers just a, a team of midfielders and crowd out in the middle of the park it worked uh yesterday
2: maybe this is the end point of the uh of bringing on carl cameron as, in, as a left winger in the North county <laughs> game. That works quite well. (laughs) Yeah. uh, You got Ali Omar. I mean, I don't want to, you know, Ali Omar seems to have. If we have to put him in central midfield, I would be okay with that because if he makes a mistake, he's not going to get penalized as much. And the attributes that we talk about him, you know, he has, he's not slow, he's big, he can clear the ball, would work very well in a defensive midfield position. He's not going to create very much, but that's what you have little, hopefully, and Evans and Wern and Duke McKenna and the rest for. So, yeah, no more midfielders. Thank you.
0: Right, so Dover next week, rock bottom, pointless football club. Um, I've already um, come to a conclusion we're going to lose, we'll find some way of losing. Um, they'll have a goal, which is about 40 yards offside or a penalty, which is never a penalty. Something will happen, we'll just lose that. Um, no one ever has a good time in Dover. I, I don't think even their own fans have a good time in Dover. I think, just you know, j- just feels, ugh, not, not even really worth talking about, is it?
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I was being glib when I said I expect us to lose, but I would not be that surprised if we drew nil nil or something. Um, I just don't understand what their game plan is. Like, they're 19 points adrift. They haven't even got zero points yet. Why are they defending? Mm. Why not just say, you know what, if we get beat 4-0 every week, it doesn't matter. Let's go, you know, let's see if we can nick a few wins and maybe if you're a player... Playing for them, maybe you can score a goal against Wrexham and get a, a deal with them next season. Who knows? Um, so yeah, I, I look realistically. We should beat them. They're a terrible side. We're a pretty good side now. On that, I think we're agreeing we should win. But it being talking United, I think it's going to be an equal draw.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I, I I would I would comfortably predict the same thing.
2: Um,
1: <laughs> they are going to defend for their lives. They're going to put eleven men on the goal line and just wait for the balls to rebound out of the goal. Um, they won't, they won't try anything else. Um But yeah, it'll be, uh if, if Johnson uh, works his coaching magic, as well as he did this week though, against Wrexham, he knew how to play against them. So hopefully he knows how to play against Dover. We've already played them this season and they played It seems like they have one way of playing, which is to defend. So hopefully Johnson has that number as well as he did against Wrexham. So
0: um, (laughs) they certainly shouldn't pose us too much threat. Right, before we go, is there any other business? No, not not really for me, no. Uh,
2: I don't have anything. I didn't even think about any other business, sorry.
0: Then we'll leave it there then. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll have some people talking to you next weekend after what is going to be a very downward nil nil draw at dover apparently thank you very much you. goodbye